Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movie, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. It's time for the Rock News Weekly podcast this week of May 31st, Season 3, Episode 21. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend to you guys. Uh, Charles here in the garage with us. What's going on? Hello. And uh, we are getting ready for a big summer ahead of us and uh, some big things happening. Uh, so let's talk about all the rock topics this week. As Megadeth officially parts Ooh. ways with their bassist David Ellefson. Kind of mm-hmm. controversial. We'll talk about that. Randy Rhodes' stolen gear is finally returned after a reward offer from Ozzy Osbourne. Cool. Plant, uh, Robert Plant premieres season four of his Digging Deep podcast with some special news that we'll talk <gasps> about. An arrest warrant has been issued for Marilyn Manson this week, yeah. but it may not be for what you think. Yeah, so yeah. we'll talk about that. Tour announcements as well from Slipknot, Greta Van Fleet, Shaky Knees Festival. Mm. Have you heard of that one, Shaky no, Knees? No, I haven't, but that's awesome. It's a good one. Yeah, and this is a, it's a pretty strong lineup this year from them. So uh, check it all out. Of course, rocknewsweekly.com. However you found our podcast, we appreciate it, but all of our links are up, rocknewsweekly.com. And don't forget uh, to give us a like and a follow on all of our social media. It's all the same, at Rock News Weekly, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, all right, so let's move on to some... Uh, uh, new releases that just came out this past Saturday, or excuse me, past Friday on the 28th of May. New stuff from Bachelor, mm. Backwash, Brent Arcana, Black Midi, Blackberry Smoke, the DMX posthumous album Exodus, mm. KD Lang, oh. Kele, Laskill, Lou Barlow, and Moby have uh, new albums out. So All right. check that out. Cool. Tour news. Shaky knees. Shaky knees. This is happening in Georgia. What do you see on the lineup for our listeners there? Just, uh, just actually, it's cr- this is crazy because last week you and I were talking about how how cool it would be to see Stevie Nicks live, but you got Stevie Nicks on Friday. Yep, and you got Run the Jewels and Alice Cooper on Saturday. <laughs> Isn't that pretty awesome? What? And then the Strokes on Sunday with Modest Mouse. Oh my God. What this? Okay, this is amazing. This shaky knees, awesome. I, like I, I, I wish, I wish this is this isn't in California though, huh? No, it's in Georgia, Atlanta, oh, Georgia. Man, October twenty second through the twenty fourth. But great lineup, beautiful lineup. Uh, check that oh out. Tickets God. are on sale already. ShakyKneesFestival dot com. And what a dope, ba- what a dope poster. Yeah, With the cassette tape. Yeah, the cassette tapes for the headliners. That is so pretty cool. good. Well done. Uh, St. Vincent was on that lineup, and she also announced her Amer- uh, a huge American tour. Uh, she's going to be at that festival, but here in California, uh, Spoon is going to be the opening act. Old School Spoon, uh, they are the only ones for California. Like They're not on any part of her tour other than the California dates, so okay. us in California get a pretty cool little uh, treat there. September 22nd, Vina Robles, Paso Robles at the uh, Vina Robles Amphitheater, and then the Greek Theater in Berkeley on September 23rd with Spoon oh. as the opening act. Well, nice, Spoon. So check that out. Dope. Uh, all right, some more tour news. Uh, Slipknot 
have announced that they're bringing their Knotfest concert to Iowa this fall. Oh, okay. Normally, they've been doing it in California at, like, San Bernardino and then different places like that. But this is the first time they're doing it in their home their state home of state, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, where the documentary is going to be. Yeah, the, exactly. Or the movie or whatever. Uh, so, Slipknot percussionist uh, Sean Crahan said in a statement, A home show is always insane, but a Knotfest show... A home not fest show will be on a whole nother level. Prepare. See you soon for the new reality. Uh, so there you go. The lineup for the not fest show: Slipknot, Faith No More, Lamb of Ooh. God, Megadeth, Gojira, oh Trivium, Tech Nine on there. Uh, pretty cool lineup. Oh, so we saw, we saw Tech Nine live yeah. a few years ago. That was at uh, Aftershock, right? Oh, so, you know, speaking of Faith No More, um, you know, I I was reading up. Um, that uh, oh my god, I'm completely drawing a blank. Mike Mike Patton Mike Patton. That he actually peed in Axl Rose's equipment when they were on tour, and he was like, and and they just they they basically somebody interviewed him recently, and he, they were like, uh, they were like, it was it was on Consequence of Sound. Right, right, right. They were like, why why would you do that? And he was like, yo, he was a complete dick. Like <laughs> Axl Rose, he deserved it. Like, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm imagining Mike. Mike Patton, like <laughs> peeing on Axl Rose's stuff. Just fucking dig that, yeah. Axl. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, like he's such an asshole. He just peed on his. That's stuff. crazy. Good stuff. Uh, more tour news from Greta Van Fleet. Four date Strange Horizons tour. It's actually been expanded because all these dates sold out. Um, and now they've expanded it uh, to add additional dates. I know for the L.A. show, mm. they've added October 27th for the Greek Theater in L.A. If you want to see Greta Van Fleet, that's on sale. Um, it was actually on sale this Thursday, so they might already be gone uh, this past Thursday on the 27th. But give it a shot. Check it out, LiveNation.com and their new album, The Battle at Gardens Gate is out. Just came out last mm. month. All right. Uh, okay, so Boston Calling Festival, people were like, this is one of the holdouts for this year. It's not happening in 2021. Uh, Boston Calling's 2022 festival, however, has Rage Against the Machine and Foo Fighters as the only announced acts so far. Oh, okay. So I those, mean, are that, those are pretty good, right? Yeah, that's amazing. That's pretty good. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, May 27th, 8th, and 29th, 2022, Boston, Massachusetts, Harvard Athletic Complex. Oh, that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Maybe I can... Uh, Maybe I'll, I'll I'll tell I'll tell the wife I'll say hey um you know where I've always wanted to go I mean we'll just plan it like a year <laughs> in advance right but I've always wanted to go to Boston right have some lobster some lobster while we're there why don't we go see Rage Against the Machine yeah. and Foo Fighters oh, what yeah. a coincidence why not right wow, this is perfect randomly right Who knew? <laughs> all right so uh, some kind of shitty news this week uh, as Megadeth officially parts ways with David Elfson, uh the co-founder of Megadeth he was one of the founding members of the band. Uh, but this is in the wake of his involvement in a sex video that was leaked, mm. over which he denies having groomed an uh, alleged underage girl online. The band's Dave Mustaine issued a statement saying, quote, While we do not every know every detail of what occurred, with an already strained relationship, what has already been revealed is now enough to make working together impossible mm. moving forward. Uh, so they basically kicked him out of the band. Ellefson admitted to having several interactions with a woman via text and video call, including compromising images of Ellefson, which were leaked on social media. Ooh. So here's the deal. David Ellefson Ooh. is now suing for defamation for following his dismissal. So this happened early in the week, right? Like on Monday of last yeah. week and then on Friday, right before I took off for the weekend, this story broke that David Ellefson is suing for defamation following his dismissal from Megadeth. 
Uh, and what he's suing is basically the person who leaked these photos. Oh, and stuff he found online. out who it was, huh? I guess so. He's working with lawyers to to prepare a defamation lawsuit against the person who allegedly leaked private, explicit videos of him online, leading to his dismissal. In a statement to Rolling Stone, he reveals that he is not only pursuing defamation charges, but is also assisting the Scottsdale Police Department in its investigation into revenge pornography charges against the person responsible for leaking the videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. I actually um, listened to a podcast about that last year. Like, revenge pornography is is a huge thing right now. Yep. So it says the actions in the video were between two consenting adults and were recorded without my knowledge. So that's a th- those two points right there. If it was two consenting adults of age mm-hmm. and it was recorded without his knowledge, that's that's illegal for them to use that against it him. It is. It is illegal. You can't you can't videotape people having sex. But you know it's it's weird though. How how did how did he not know he was being videotaped? I know. I want to hear some more details about this. Was Dude. it a camera that was set up in someone's home? Yeah. Like, hey, David Ellison's coming over to... Might be. You know, and yeah. I'll set up this camera and maybe we'll get some stuff on film or yep. something. Everybody has a bunch of drinks and next thing you know, he, he hits it off with somebody, goes Or maybe to a this room person and... was a relative or a friend of the person that he Ooh. was dating yeah. and they knew and so maybe they tried to exploit him that way, like... Well, to the, get to get money yeah. from him or something like that. The bit the bigger question is who would want to watch him have sex? <laughs> if you've seen him, well, this is shitty too because if this turns all out to be bullshit, he got fired from the band from this. That's true. And, Meg- and Megadeth's yeah. got a big tour coming up. Yeah, so he's gonna be out of that money and out of all of that, and mm. now he's he's like kind of disgraced over the whole thing. It sounds like there was already some issues. Um, there though there was already some yeah strife, I don't know you know we don't want to uh, theorize too much we'll let it play out in court and see what happens cool Rage Against the Machine drummer Brad Wilk is apparently recovering from knee surgery this oh. week yeah he had a torn meniscus Ooh. and he said on social media on Wednesday quote torn meniscus knee surgery going down today got a lot of hard notes out of this knee end quote yeah uh, his Instagram uh, drew well wishes from garbage Shavo Adagian from system Dave Navarro, a bunch of people were like, hey, man, feel better. That sucks. Um, but torn meniscus is no joke. That's, you know, a, oh that's a serious one. It is. And and uh, I it makes me think of, like, all of the death metal bands who use, like, hella double bass. Dude, like, you, right? this would kill you, if you, especially if you were and on he's tour. Not even, he's not even that type of drummer, it doesn't yeah, seem to he's me, not, right? Yeah. But, yeah, imagine, like, yeah, doing that just oh, nonstop. So, Brutal. Well, and as we mentioned, Rage Against the Machine's headlining Boston Calling, uh, Coachella, yeah. tons of festivals next year. I hope that it's healed before that because <laughs> the well, one of the things about seeing Rage Against the Machine live, which is which would be pretty awesome, is all the original founding band members together, oh, back yeah. together at once. I mean, epic, man, epic. Yeah. And Hell, Rage yeah. is one of those bands that, for whatever reason, I just never saw. And I, I still, you know, I, and I saw everybody. I, I was going to see everybody. I just never made it around to Rage in the 90s. And I got lucky I in uh, 2014 when they did that tour. And they, well, it wasn't really a tour. It was just the big show at the L.A. Coliseum. Mm. And it was one show. And um, we had tickets through the station. And uh, we were able to go. So yeah. that was the only time I got a chance to see him. I remember when we when we did see him, the power went out um, 30 seconds into their set. No they, way. They came out, and it was, like, you know, thunderous. It was, like, fucking badass, right? Like, for about 20 seconds of music. Yeah. And then it fucking stopped. 
and it was dead silence. And you could see the band members like jumping around on stage. And no. Like, they're all still playing. And they're like looking around. And Zach, he like kind of stops. And then like all of a sudden the fucking backup generator kicks on or whatever it was. Yeah. And the, the shit went back to normal volume. But it was like it stopped. Like they blew out the fucking fuses. Or no. Too much power. Too much rage. Gen- too much rage. <laughs> fucking blew the generator at the LA Coliseum or whatever. All, all Zach Delarocha had to do was this right here. Ready? This is all he had to do. <laughs> that was it. And it just blew out the power. Uh, it was awesome though. Great show. Nice. Um, all right, check this out. Smashing Pumpkins is going to be celebrating 30th anniversary of Gish album, Aww. their 1991 debut album. So that's 30 years old. Damn, that uh, makes me feel so I know, old. right? They're going to celebrate it with a two-hour live stream featuring Billy Corgan and Jimmy Chamberlain on Saturday. Well, this has just, just happened this past Saturday, May 29th. But apparently you might be able to check it out on their YouTube channel On Demand because it's going to include a Q&A, a Gish vinyl listening party, Plus a very special world exclusive of previously unreleased music. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys check that out because I believe that previously unreleased music is part of the deluxe edition set, which is going to be coming out mm. uh, on when? Uh, oh, well, I guess it's already out. Yeah, it's already Friday, it's... May 28th was yeah. when the live stream happened, and then Saturday was the 30th anniversary of the album. So yeah. it's already out. So. And a lot of the stuff went to donating uh, to the Paws No Kill Animal Shelter in Chicago. Okay. So that's really cool. Billy oh, Corgan yeah. is awesome with that with his local animal shelter. Oh, yeah. He always yeah. does really cool stuff with them. So You know, I heard that by buying, you know, buying this stuff, this anniversary stuff, that like one lucky listener will be able to um, go into a dark room with William Corgan <laughs> where he will spend 15 minutes um, removing blood. From them, while while his daughter Taylor Swift watches Nosferatu, yeah, because of yeah, exactly. Wow. The, 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 but you know, you know the implication. Sure, the implication. Right? They're the not imp- going to leave. Yeah, yeah. But what about the implication? <laughs> yeah, uh, William Corrigan. All right, Robert Plant sharing his archives posthumously. So here's the deal. So his new podcast, it's called Digging Deep, season four just kicked off the premiere of the fourth season, and he explained in it that he had time to sort through things during the pandemic, and he said, quote, I started putting my house in order, all the adventures that I've ever had with music and tours, album releases, projects that didn't actually get finished or whatever it is. I just put them, itemized them all, and put everything into some semblance of order, so I've completely changed the setup. I've told the kids when I kick the bucket, open it to the public free of charge, just to see how many silly things there were down the line from 1966 to now. It's a journey. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Big time. He's going to open up, like, the archives for free after he passes and just have a bunch of, like, rarities and a bunch of outtakes and kind of cool stuff throughout his career. You give give Greta Van Fleet plenty of new material. (laughs) That's right. Uh, I love Greta Van Fleet, by the way, and Led Zeppelin, so don't don't take me wrong. No, no. They are definitely a a reflection of Led Zeppelin, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, 50 years later. Uh, all right, guys. Randy Rhodes' music gear returned after Ozzy announced that $25,000 reward. Nice. Randy's first guitar and the original PV amp that was used for his Quiet Riot album were recovered after being stolen from a school that has tied to, uh, ties to Rhodes. Cops are now investigating how the items were stolen. No arrests have been made. As far as that reward, sources say it's unclaimed. The person that turned in the gear did not request the reward. Oh, wow. So, okay. So I thought when I was reading this, I'm like, oh, so he got the $25,000 reward. Cool. No. 
And maybe they were ashamed or maybe they were whatever. Like, I don't know, not trying to Maybe caught. they knew it was a trick. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just go tell them who I am. You know, yep. the police are investigating. It's like, oh, yeah, just, yeah, my name is William Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, all right, so check it out. All signs are pointing to Metallica's deluxe version of its 1991 self-classic dubbed the Black Album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, because it's 1991, 30 years ago, we were saying. That's, oh, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of albums that came out 30 years ago, or in 91, was 30 years ago today, or this year. Mm. So it looks like they're going to be releasing it because they made a post online, uh, basically with a old video from, it was from San Diego of 1992, and they put the hashtags... FBF Black Album 2021 and Coming This Fall. Uh, they took down the hashtag Coming This Fall after it got some traction because people were like, oh, well, it's coming this fall then. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess they didn't want to reveal that. And so uh, now now it's down. But we know that it's coming later this year and right. apparently in the fall. So big, big release for Metallica. I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of rarities and oh, cool yeah. B-sides and unreleased stuff. That'd be cool. All right. So as we were mentioning... An arrest warrant was issued for Marilyn Manson, but it may not be for what you think. It's apparently uh, for spitting on a female videographer at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion during a concert in August of 2019. Yeah. Um, So he's being uh, charged with a Class A misdemeanor, and it can carry a jail sentence of up to one year and a $2,000 fine. One source said about the incident, he was spitting everywhere, and one time it got on her camera, so she wiped it off. He noticed this and kept purposely spitting on her camera. I think her final straw is he got on the floor within two to three feet of her and hacked a giant snot rocket at her uh, on the camera. Yeah. She was pissed off and disgusted, so she stormed off, and he just laughed. (laughs) You know, I read about this. Actually, um, she actually, the time time that it happened, she went and reported it to the police. Right. And here's the crazy part about Brian over here. Come on, Brian. (laughs) Come on, Brian. The police, since that... Since that concert, since this happened, the police have been routinely contacting him to tell him to come in to settle it, and right. he's been and he's been ignoring their right. phone calls, emails, letters. So you know what happens when you ignore the police? <laughs> Eventually, you get a warrant for your fucking arrest. Yeah, dude. and that's what's like, happened. <laughs> like seriously, how how above everybody else do you think you are yeah, to where you can just ignore the police, like yeah, as they call? Yeah, it's not like it's not like they were harassing him or they were using brutal police tactics. They were doing the opposite of what they do to, you know, most people in the US. They were actually giving him an opportunity to contact them. <laughs> they were actually like, "Hey, call us back. We need to discuss this. It could just be a simple a simple case of this or that, right?" But he Isn't just that didn't crazy? do it. It's so stupid. It's, he's 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 just in a world of of shit right now and he needs to get he just needs to do everything he can well, possibly probably, do to get himself. You know, back he's in. probably deserving everything he gets right now. To yeah, be he needs to call Mr. Belvedere. That's 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 what, he needs what it to do. is. He needs to call Mr. Belvedere. And yeah, just, okay, or, or or no, Mr. Belvedere, the actor has been dead for like thirty years. But <laughs> he needs to get in contact with a Mr. Belvedere. So, any of our audience, if your last name ends with Belvedere, please call him. Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson needs you. Yep. Um, check this out. I thought this was a fun fact. Weezer's Hashpipe was almost an Ozzy Osbourne song. No way. Yeah. So apparently he wrote that for Ozzy. Um, in an interview this week with Guitar World, uh, Weezer frontman Rivers Cuomo said, Once, I think it was in 2000, Osbourne asked if I had any songs for him, and I just happened to have written Hashpipe. I sent it to him, but he didn't end up using it. 
in another reality, it might be interesting to hear him singing that song. Oh, yeah. And quote, I was thinking about it and the riff, the riffage on it, it would be actually kind of cool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it almost sounds like a Black Sabbath kind of Ozzy kind of sounding song. Yeah, he should do it. That'd be, that would be pretty dope if Ozzy did a cover of Hashpipe. That would be awesome, right? Uh, speaking of Hashpipe, happy birthday to Tommy Chong. Ooh, Tommy Chong. Birthday this week. Turning 83, Nice. Dude. Tommy Chong is 83. Ooh. He's actually Tommy Chong aged quite well. He did, and he's in great shape. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Tom Morello, 57. Okay. Noel Tom Gallagher nice. from Oasis, 54. Yeah. Patrick Dahlheimer, the bassist from Live, turning okay. 50. Ooh. Nikki Topper Hedon, uh, the drummer from The Clash, or Hedon, uh, turning 66. Okay. Lenny Kravitz, 57. John Fogarty from CCR, 76 this All week. All right. Verdon Allen, the keyboardist from Mop the Hoople. That's everybody's favorite keyboardist, isn't it? Oh, Mop, Mop the Hoople. 77 years old. Gary Peterson, the drummer from the Guess Who, 76. Wow. Okay. Isaac Slade, the pianist and singer from The Fray, turning 40. Oh, all right. Nice. Lots Nicely of birthdays done. this week. Yeah, lots of birthdays. Um, all right. Congratulations so. on, on squeezing your way out of the <laughs> womb into bored. this cold, cold world. Okay, so check this out. Uh, on this uh, day in music history trivia. This week in music history trivia, guys. This week in 1987, this musician attempts to buy the actual Elephant Man's remains. Oh, man. Was it A, David Bowie, B, Michael Jackson, or C, Peter Gabriel? Ooh, this is a good one. I actually know the answer to this one. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, 1987, this musician... Attempts to buy the actual Elephant Man's remains. Now, I, I know that, that you didn't call it out, but uh, if you scrolled down a little bit more, you would see, uh, see this A, David Bowie, B, Michael Jackson, C, Peter Gabriel, and D, a Coke fueled David Crosby. Really? Was Tro- he at the uh, auction? Yeah, he was for at the auction uh, for Elephant Man, and here's the deal like, he attempts to buy it, but he but it was all wrong, right? He attempted to buy it. With um with uh, exactly two kilos of some pretty like crazy cocaine, right? And yeah, six of the twelve revolvers he generally keeps under in his belt, and then about four pieces of salami that he keeps like in his back pocket. That seems like a fair trade. Yeah, and this is the craziest part. Like he pulled out like this teeny tiny golden flute from his Wilford Brimley mustache. And he played a little on it really quick, right? Like, and that was the last straw for the. That was the last draw for the auctioneer. And he was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not taking no, this I'm anymore." Right? It to and you. then, and then, what happened was they they actually considered uh, Michael Jackson instead, mm-hmm. it, that, and that was it. Michael Jackson really was the one that uh, that that you know. You are absolutely yeah. correct. From yeah. a 1987 press clip about it, Michael Jackson. Uh, this is what they said: "Quote: Michael Jackson has submitted an official bid for an undisclosed sum, which was actually a million dollars, for the remains of the late John Merrick, hmm. known as the Elephant Man." From the London Hospital Medical College, which has kept them since Merrick's death in 1890. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? MJ. MJ trying to get in on some remains. Crazy, man. That is crazy. Apparently, it said that Michael Jackson has visited the hospital in London twice to view his remains before offering this bid. That's really interesting. You know, because all David Crosby would have done was he would have just ground up the remains and (laughs) snorted it. That's it. It would have given him Elephant Man-type powers. All right, so check this out. Another trivia for you guys on this week in music history trivia. In 1970, this musician plays his last show with his band before joining a religious cult. Oh, okay. Was it A, Jim Morrison from The Doors, 
B. Jorma Kalkinen from Jefferson Airplane, or C. Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac. Oh man, um, what do you think on this one? Well, it could be a coked out, coked fuel David Crosby, but he is. He could have done. I think yeah. he was already in a he, cult at this time. Yeah, he is a religious cult. I think that was in the '60s, so this is a little this, this is a little past that time for yeah. him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he was already co- deep into sacrificing yep. and working his way up. David Crosby, um, David Crosby joining a religious cult would be really weird. You know, <laughs> that would be very it was strange. A, yeah, it was a satan. It was uh, actually for Paimon. Yeah, I think the the, the deity. Oh yeah, Paimon. Yeah, the deity. and so yeah. he you know devoted his life in the '60s to that and cross paths with some shifty characters nice. you know inspired maybe charles manson oh yeah that, yeah. Could, that was the rumor you know? yeah but. whose mustache never got big enough and that gold flute the gold that, flute that, that he would hide yeah. in his mustache yeah you never knew when he was gonna blow, bring it out and then there'd be a puff of uh coke uh cocaine dust yeah and he'd be gone oh you know what i'm so glad that you brought up the golden flute because you know that it's the same golden flute that Willy Wonka uses to call the Oompa Loompas. Oh wow! That little no shit. Yeah, but but I it, heard David Cosby yep. Crosby busted onto that set and actually yeah. punched out that kid. Yeah. and took the flute. Oh yeah, yeah. During that's, a live a yep. live uh, recording and that that outtake is out there somewhere. Oh yeah, that's why that's why that kid is missing so many teeth. You ever see that? Like you actually zo- like you ever see how many <laughs> right. teeth that kid? He only has David his front Crosby teeth. Just cold cocked. <laughs> just just do me a favor and go go pull up Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory and then like zoom in on Charlie's like on Charlie's rotten, teeth, rotten Dude, malnourished teeth. He's got like four teeth in front, and then when he smiles, he, he, chocolate he has bars no other time. teeth. In the Great Depression. Grandpa's dying in bed. Charlie's rotten teeth eating chocolate yeah. bars. Come on. Yeah, they're like, cheer up, Charlie. <laughs> You'll grow your teeth back soon. Uh, um, it was Jorma Kukkonen from Jefferson Jorma Airplane. Jorma Kalkinen. B. Kalkinen. It was actually Peter Green from Fleetwood oh, Mac. okay. So here's the story. Yeah. Peter Green and Fleetwood Mac had tour dates in Germany in 1970. Um, so... Apparently, at this time, Peter Green was swarmed by a group of hippies who led the wayward soul away from his bandmates. It seems what happened next had something to do with drugs, something with his pre-existing mental state, and something to do with religion. Oh, okay. Uh, So John McVie from Fleetwood Mac would say they blamed an event in Germany where Peter took some more drugs and never really came back from that. Fellow co-founder Mick Fleetwood said in the Green documentary Man of the World, John is, quote, to this day, absolutely furious with these people. We called them the German Jet Set. They captured Peter completely and pulled him away. Former Fleetwood Mac guitarist Jeremy Spencer remembered Green's new friends looking at the rest of the band in disdain. I don't know if it was musically. They didn't think we were quite in the zone or whatever it was. Former Fleetwood Mac road manager Dennis Keene believes the group was some sort of a cult. This is what they do. They get you in. They strip you of your identity, of your money. The reason I I say that is because Peter Green was a prime man who was making millions, and he did give off this religious look. Oh, okay. Green was actually joined in this misadventure by a second guitarist and songwriter, Danny Kerwin, a member from 68 to 72. Both of them took acid, manager Clifford Davis said. Both of them, as of that day, became seriously mentally ill. Oh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Fleetwood admits, however, that Peter was already set to leave Fleetwood Mac pretty much, but my God, this was like the final nail in the coffin. Fleetwood Mac will be changed forever. For me, McVie confirmed that was the fork in the road. Well, you know that where the fork in the road led to, so one, once one fork led to success, the other fork 
led to uh, the cult of Waganathon. Right. That's what it was. So That's a serious that's, cult. you yep. got to look out for that. That is a serious, serious they, cult. They don't mess be, around. Be very careful, Waganathon. Waganathonians <laughs> uh, right. is what they're... Right. The people, the followers. Yep. Um, movie TV entertainment news this week. Pete Davidson may be ready to leave SNL. Um, during uh, 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 There was apparently this... Uh, thing with Keenan Thompson's 18-year run on the show. They were talking about it on The Hollywood Reporter, and he said, quote, I'm surprised I made it to seven seasons. I'm ready to hang up the jersey, uh, end quote. And so if you guys remember last season, the finale, he said, quote, I'm very grateful to be here, and it's been an honor to grow up in front of you guys. A lot of people figured that was his last season at SNL. And so the, the season 47 lineup for SNL has not been finalized until later this summer. So we don't know if it's going to be his last season or not. Oh, probably. He's been making movies. And and I think he should take time off to really address his, like, kind of mental state and anxiety issues and all the stuff that he's going through. I don't yeah. know if being in the spotlight like that really helps that. To, it seems like it would make it worse. Um, yeah, and then, you know, in SNL, believe it or not, SNL ca- cast members, they don't really actually get paid that much. No, they don't. And they do a lot of work. They don't, and that's kind of that's why you always see them, like, go into a movie so fast. Yeah. Because they get paid for those movies, like, it's to, like 10 or 20 times what they're getting paid at SNL. Oh, yeah. And half the time it's a shitty movie, but still it's a good paycheck, and that's why a lot of them do that, you yeah. know? A lot of them just are like, fuck it, I'll just, you know... Do Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo, even though that's a really shitty movie, it yeah. was a huge payday for him. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, big time, big and time. And a lot of those artists like Adam Sandler and all that stuff, when Billy Madison came out, it was the same thing. It was like, well, am I going to keep doing sketch comedy and getting paid X amount of dollars, or mm-hmm. do I take a dive and do this movie thing, even though it may not be, you know, the best movie or the, you know, whatever, like a career-defining role, it's a better job for those young comedians. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, Pete Davidson, he's he's already kind of made his mark. He has. Will, and he so. did, you know, this King of Staten Island was a good film. I think he's going to do well in the future no matter what he does. So, yeah. Yeah, he's already doing pretty well. Check out this next ar- uh, headline article there, uh, Charles. Bigfoot your- bounty of $3 million announced by Oklahoma lawmaker. Of course, it's an Oklahoma lawmaker. You goddamn right. You goddamn right. This it's might really Oklahoma motivate some people. Lawmaker. You might want to head on out to Oklahoma, guys. You've actually heard of the legend of Bigfoot, right? Well, now you can get three million dollars if you catch him. Because yeah. Oklahoma State Representative Justin Humphrey was on the Oklahoma Senate floor. <laughs> on the Senate floor. Oh, of course, he was. He said this when he announced the state will offer three million dollars. For the live capture of un- unharmed Bigfoot. Oh, nice. So that's going to be tough. Nice. You can't just snipe Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, they're no. going to anyway, and they're going to be like, well, I didn't understand. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you know, it is how it is. Check this out. Here's the catch. He added a film crew will be documenting attempts to find the mythical ape-like creature over oh. a six-month period. With a tentative air date for the series in January 2022. Well, the series is going to make way more than $3 million. <laughs> So it's actually a big publicity stunt yeah. for this TV yeah. show. And he just used his um, Senate uh, floor as a way of advertising it, which is pretty shameful. Oh, yeah. Well, and when, we just yeah. advertised it for free. Yeah, well, but that, yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. So, you know. It's a joke. <laughs> you know, honestly, honestly, if you got senators and, you know, House members that actually believe in QAnon. So, like, if that's happening, then, of course, they believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> that's for sure. And, you know, Bigfoot, for all you guys out there, I just want to let you know that, you know, we, we're to such a high-tech age 
at this point that I'm pretty sure we probably would have already have caught or seen Bigfoot. If I he mean, really does exist. Yeah, they're finding animals that that are so elusive. We thought that they were extinct for the past hundred years, right. and this new um, Nat Geo type funded, you know, pu- pu- like privately and publicly funded uh, research equipment is they're finding these animals like easily now that are so hard to find. It's, yeah, that's you awesome. You have to traverse. Yeah, you have to traverse the most wickedly crazy landscapes right. just to find like these special snow leopards and shit. If if they can do that, they can find a <laughs> nine hundred pound, seven or eight foot tall giant thing in right. Oklahoma. Give me a so, break. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I you should probably look for tickle instead. You should go <laughs> look for tickle. He's uh, out there somewhere. Check this out. If your allergies are bad this year, there's a reason. Mm, um, yeah, my allergies. I'm always sniffling on this podcast. Right. So the length and intensity of pollen seasons are growing, in large part due to climate change. Experts say if the planet keeps warming up, miserable allergies will likely be the norm. Yeah. They say between 1990 and 2018, pollen concentrations increased by 21%. So, wow. And it's like steady climbing. Oh, that explains a lot for me. So isn't that crazy? Yeah. They, they, they Apparently it says pollution like diesel exhaust and nitrogen oxide can lead to the creation of super pollen Ooh. and very irritating air that triggers and sneezes mucus production. Pollen can bind to diesel exhaust and it becomes super pollen, traveling longer distances and being bigger, making it more potent allergen. Oh, okay. So think about us in the Central Valley where we get nonstop fucking diesel trucks driving around. Oh, yeah. Big right time. Right in the middle of our pollen field. Big time. Fucking farmland. Yeah. So that's why we're experiencing that super pollen type stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Whereas in Iowa, all you got to do is throw on a mask and and play some, you know, some heavy some heavy shit, and you're good to go, man. Play the the um, knot fest, yeah, the Iowa knot fest. Yeah, you don't have to worry about any of that super pollen. Uh, really, the Central Valley is probably like that. You're right; it's probably like the biggest. I know people that have it's moved one of the here worst, from sure. yeah out of the country, and they their their allergies just oh, go yeah. crazy. I bet. That's why, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure you listen to me sniffle a lot on this podcast, and you're like, man, Charles sure does talk a lot about cocaine. I promise you <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> I promise you uh, that I do not put any controlled substances uh, up my nose. It is allergies, and, like, even now, like, my allergies are bugging me, and it's not yeah. even that bad. It's not even, yeah. like, windy or anything. My allergies are going crazy. All right, this is the last story of the week, guys. Check it out. Tickets to a Florida concert are $18 for COVID vaccinated <laughs> I read this. and $1,000 for those who aren't. Yeah. Uh, in Florida, I think someone's uh, kind of taking a piss on these guys, which is great. It's a punk rock show, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Make War, and Rudderkin. So if you buy the tickets, it's $18 for those who are vaccinated and $999 for those who haven't got the vaccine. All right. There's some $250, $18 tickets for sale and just four of the $1,000 tickets. None of the higher-priced ones have been sold. Paul Williams of Leadfoot Promotions told ABC News he came up with the idea when vaccination availability opened to everyone in Florida and while trying to plan a concert that people enjoy safely. He said, cool. I wanted it to be a vaccine drive to get the fence sitters off the fence. I wanted to get the kids that want to go out to shows and get their shots and go get their shots, end quote. Oh, okay. I thought that was a pretty clever way of being like, you know, don't be an idiot. You want to not get a vaccine where you're going to put a bunch of people at risk then you got to pay a thousand dollars for the ticket yeah you want to get a vaccine 18 bucks yeah yeah so you, you know in uh ohio when they introduced the uh the lottery just like they just did in california recently 
Um, it actually spiked um, vaccines by 58%. Good. Yeah. If that's what it takes to get people to do it, then fucking do it. Do it. Get 5G. Go ahead. Go out there. That, oh, we're, we're vaccinated. Chris and That's I are right. Vaccinated. We are. Uh, so uh, get on out there and get it done so we can all go out and see some shows and uh, be be back to normal. Yeah. All right. That's it for us this week, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. Check out the photos from our interviews. All of our links are up always at rocknewsweekly.com. If you enjoyed our episode, please rate our podcast in the Apple and Google stores. We do appreciate it. And have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.